All right, thanks. Welcome back. We're here again with David Cohen from Palo Alto Networks, who joined us last time to talk about their journey into Einstein Analytics and you know building out from that first use case of of pipeline management into you know really a you know an enterprise set of solutions to to help Palo Alto Networks be you know faster, smarter, and more nimble with with leveraging data. So, welcome back, David. How are you doing today? Doing great. Uh... Thanks for having me back, Matt. I'm excited to be here and continue to talk. That's great. So, you know, last time we talked a lot about, um, you know, just kind of the story and the journey of, of, of how you've advanced uh, through building an analytics team at, at Palo Alto Networks and, and been successful. You know, if you looked at a, uh, you know, a fresh, you know, kind of new coming in manager of analytics or something that was, was coming to you for, for advice uh, of how they would you know, build and run a successful analytics team, what would be some of those key pieces of advice you would, uh, you would give to somebody who's, who's, you know, kind of starting out on trying to do, follow a similar path? Yeah, um, I think I would start with, you know, you have to, you have to own it and be accountable for it from end to end. Um, where I, I see a lot of challenges, teams that they're there to do analytics, but their answer is, let me write up a BRD of what we need and hand it to another team mm -hmm. and then let them go and deploy. You want to actually be in the point where you understand the data and you're able to piece it together. You're able to get a question and know what data source you should go to. You want to understand your tools and how to build in them, whether that's as simple as Microsoft Excel or Google Sheets or it's Einstein Analytics or Tableau or any other kind of um, visualization ingestion tool. You need to understand how to process that data through. Mm -hmm. And then third, you need to be able to know how to communicate and tell the story. It's one thing to provide data, right? And say, okay, here's the numbers. It's another thing to be able to tell the story and give the insights. And the one thing that I've been told that set our team apart over the years is it's those key insights. Even if it's just down to three to five bullet points, here's what to focus on. So really that takes an ability to own it end to end because without understanding the data to the tools, to the communication, you're not going to be able to provide those clear insights. Yeah, no, that's great. That end to end piece is, is really important and, and kind of, like you said, owning it because, you know, an analytics team team can kind of sit in, you know, in a silo sometimes, or maybe they're, you know, it's just an extension of one functional area, or maybe it's a, you know, COE and in an IT team, but, you know, regardless of where that sits and what you're, personal purview is for your team, you know, it is really critically important to kind of get in and, and own it and be able to really understand the data and more importantly, probably, you know, your users and what's what's important to them. So, um, yeah. you know, you touched on the, the you know, massive proliferation of, of dashboards and, and assets that have been developed, not just by you, but then, you know, in your kind of user community there at Palo Alto Networks. Um, when you think about making improvements to dashboards, right? That core first dashboard, you know, maybe arguably, you know, what you'd say is your most important one, right? That pipeline dashboard you said last time has been through uh, six different versions. Um, yeah. When you've got something out there that's in production and, and it's being used by, you know, lots of users, but then, you know, everybody has an opinion, everybody wants to make updates. How do you sort through that prioritization and what type of um, governance uh, and process do you put around uh, the, that enhancement process? Yeah, so um, 
sometimes there are simple enhancements that just need to be made and you just got to do it, right? Um, I think of simple things where, hey, I really need to filter this one thing. I can't do that here. And you kind of talk through with the user and say, you know what, this makes sense. And this isn't a material change enough to, to say we got to go through a whole process. So mm -hmm. let's make the change. Um, it's when you get to where you want to completely change the, the look and feel, the data that you're using, even the data underneath, we've kind of got to go through a, a pretty big process. And be honest, I think the way we do it is we completely redesign the entire thing, um, whether it's a dashboard report, whatever that is, because then when people see it, my assumption on this, uh, ho hopefully it's correct, people see that it's massively changed, they're going to pay more attention to all of it for at least that period of time as they transition. So we look at iteration as a combination of providing new features and functionality with a whole new look and feel and aspect that really makes you have to step back at first, which may be yep. a challenge. But again, I think last time we talked a little bit about change and change is difficult, but you've got to be able to embrace it. So we give them a, a whole different look and feel with the abilities that have been developed in the, the systems themselves so that they know they have to refocus. Um, a big part of that, training, right? You've got to spend the time, train people. We actually now, we do embedded training videos within our dashboards. Oh, cool. Uh, they're short little snippets, two to five minutes that you pop it up and it walks you through um, what, uh, what to look for, how to use it. And one of the great things Einstein's come out with is a thing called paging where you can have basically like up to 20 dashboards in one and the interaction, the quick interaction allows you to go from page to page. So each page we will actually have a training video. And so we'll make those adjustments. But in that process, we know who our power users are and who our evangelists are. So we start with them and we say, okay, you're using this, you're in it every day. You're making it work for your business. It's clearly working in the results you're seeing. So we work with them to say, what changes do you need? How do you like this? Can we do it this way? And so we, we start to bring them into the fold and make sure that, hey, we're gonna make all this stuff happen. We wanna make sure you're gonna continue to evangelize this for us. So as we're going through those iterations, we bring in the teams that are, are big users and make sure that it's gonna fit their needs and provide them something extra and make them feel comfortable that, hey, we're coming to you first because we know that you're big users of this. We value that. And we want to make sure that you're on the forefront of any change we make. Yeah, cool. And, and what would you say is, you know, um, within your team, then the balance between, um, we'll, we'll put it into three buckets, I suppose, uh, you know, those small enhancements, you know, minor changes, things that you can kind of knock out, but you know, those can kind of come at you, right? Um, versus, kind of wholesale redesigns of, of existing dashboards, existing use cases versus brand new, you know, net new use cases, new things that you're, you're going out to tackle. Um, I think simple changes, it's really, it's something where it's going to be fairly immaterial to most users, but it's just a nice to have and something that they're going to open it. It's not going to look like a change, mm -hmm. right? Um, it might be a new filter. It might be a new small chart at the bottom, something to that effect that allows them to interact a little bit more. The bigger changes, we tend to bucket those into big changes in the business. So, for example, 
we're going through our fiscal year transition. Our, our fiscal year starts on August 1st. Mm -hmm. So we're going through a fiscal year transition. So the the way the business is going to go to market is changing. The way that the metrics are slightly changing, the way we think about it, it's going to adjust. So that's a really good time to make these types of changes that are on the bigger scale and really do those dashboard redesigns and so forth. So what we'll do is we'll work through that transition and we'll bucket in the changes that we've heard about and that we know we need to make, um, as well as what we see changing in the business itself. We'll put those all together and redeploy something as here's your new fiscal year XX you know, yep. dashboard. And then probably about mid-year through the year, you're gonna find that there might be a situation. Uh, we actually had this uh, actually about six, nine months ago. There was a series of products that weren't performing to our expectations, um, offset by, of course, products that were. So we said, look, we want to put that additional focus on these products. Okay, we do we need to step back and we need to do an immediate update redesign to put those product focus areas with new targets, with new pipeline models, whatever it takes, to the forefront. So we'll build an adjustment to the dashboard that's pretty significant mm -hmm. and we'll redeploy and of course retrain everyone um, on how to use the additional features. So it really comes down to you've got to balance the change with what's going on in the business, what's going on in, in terms of your go-to-market um, and where people want to have the attention and the added focus. Yeah, cool, cool. And you know, I, I think you've been, you've been able to be in the position um, of you know calling a lot of those shots which is great as to you know where where you're able to deploy the resources and a lot of analytics teams you know not all the time right but every once in a while go through that uh process of like are we you know how do we put an roi on this how do we put value on this you know in a previous part of the conversation you talked about um you know saving time right that that's one easy way that you know analytics is often uh, teams are often justified by automating, you know, well, we used to have like, you know, two people build these reports and it took two weeks to, you know, and now we've got it automated. Great. But then there's, there's a more strategic view too of, you know, making smarter business decisions. How, how have you been able to at Palo Alto um, either explicitly or implicitly, uh, you know, show that value and gain that executive buy-in that, you know, now lets you kind of run things the way that you need to and, and balance out those decisions as to where to invest. Yeah. Um, I think one area that comes to mind for me is we, we realized early on with Einstein that we had the ability to start with security. Of course, I'm coming from a cybersecurity yeah. company, so I've <laughs> got to be thinking about some level of security, hopefully. Right. Right. Um, to an extent where, where we were seeing the inefficiency in our prior um, deployments of things outside before Einstein. You couldn't really do a dashboard for global users that was secured for each individual user, which meant you had to have hundreds and hundreds of dashboards. Well, when you have hundreds and hundreds of dashboards, it's very easy for the methodology and the metrics and the KPIs to start to change. Mm -hmm. A filter could accidentally be in implemented somebody who runs that dashboard could be able to edit it and decide, I'm going to go and change this because I don't like the methodology. Well, now you have global inconsistency and you can't manage that. It's yep. too many. To a point where every quarter, I know certain teams um, in our organization would go in and literally build a dashboard for every district and every sales rep 
and have to rebuild those every single quarter. Mm -hmm. With Einstein, what we were able to do is build one dashboard for that topic, if that's what it was, and provide security to every user. And they all use the same dashboard, but now they have the ability to scale. So this really gained a lot of um, traction with our executives because now they had one place they could go. And one of my key philosophies is, look, I may build this for the user up or the or tops down, but the fact is, is they're seeing the same method, the same data that you're seeing, they're seeing it on a broader scale, but if they filter for your district or your region, you're, you're having the same conversation, the same metrics, having the same view. Same view. And yeah. when you do that, you're now making what the, maybe it's the president, maybe it's the CEO, maybe it's the CMO, you're making their priorities available down to your levels. Um, same thing with targets, being able to scale those up and down. Same thing with, um, you know, different views, different geographical views. All of that makes that easier, and Einstein's done that. So we could go from thousands of dashboards down to one. Um, so that, that was a huge win there. No, that's great. That that alignment is is so critical. Um, and mm -hmm. and you know, I've in working with lots of other customers, even even those concepts of getting alignment between, say, marketing and sales, let alone finance and executives and all that type of stuff, is it's um, you know really something that where where data and analytics can bridge the gaps and get everybody speaking the mm -hmm. same language. Um, yeah. So, you know, your team, uh, you, you report up into the business and I'd say in a lot of organizations of your size, uh, the analytics team is often going to sit inside of, uh, we've, we often see it sitting inside of IT and, uh, you know, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. Uh, there's, there's you know, every organization has its own kind of culture and DNA and frankly, just, you know, the right people in the right place at the right time sometimes. Um, mm -hmm. Talk to me a little bit about, um, you know, as, as your team has grown and, and you're servicing, you know, many different parts of not just, you know, the organization functionally, but also globally, you know, you're bound to run into, you know, you mentioned security earlier, right? I mean, those are con concerns that, you know, IT is always going to be a part of. Um, how, how have you been able to work through the, you know, the traditional IT business uh, conflicts that sometimes come up or the, you know, friction that you might get in terms of prioritizing this functional team versus that functional team, et cetera? Um, you know, no specific example necessarily, right? But, you know, I, I think with your experience, um, you know, I'll let you take it from there and, and, and shed light for, for our listeners. Yeah. Um... I think you're, you're going to have a world in most companies where you're going to have an IT function that's really there to deliver data and deliver it to the right users with a level of security. Um, because again, they're responsible too for making sure that not all of the data is available to everyone because that's not a good thing. Um, the, the right data to the right user is important. And they have to support every group in the organization in that. But each functional org has their own priorities and sometimes those priorities are just deviated enough from what the overall organization um, has to be able to support so there you have to kind of go into that, that realm of taking ownership of it and I, I spoke earlier about this you know that we took ownership from the data to the process and the tools all the way to the delivery so our partnership with IT was pretty quickly about look we need this data we need it to run at this interval and we need you to help us deliver that 
in a stable and consistent manner and with the proper SLAs and so forth in place so that we can build on it. Mm-hmm. Um, now, again, that had a lot of friction because they wanted to have certain controls in place. They wanted to make sure that they knew who was doing what and so forth. And we were kind of running at the pace we needed to run um, in terms of making sure that we could deliver on what we committed to. And some of those, not the same. Um, so we, over time, we evolved to understanding that, hey, there's a centralized process and we need to adopt that centralized process. And that's certain types of data need to reside within IT mm-hmm. and they need to own and manage that. And we become users of it and other functions are also users of it, but there's consistency. So what we did is we said, okay, let's move down the path of, we will centralize our key production data with IT, run and manage and maintain that with us. And then what we can do is we can have a development side of this, which is almost a duplicate of that, Mm -hmm. but something where we can go and build and iterate and produce new metrics and be able to deliver those new metrics in a a quicker timeline. And then once we kind of have that stable, we can now hand that back to IT and say, okay, we need you to productionalize this for real, get it into the centralized data and, you know, whether it's a new metric, whether it's a new way we want to look at things, whether it's an additional field that needs to be visible. And so while they're doing that process, which their prioritization might be off, so it might be three months, it might be six months for them to do it. We haven't lost the three to six months in the business seeing that metric um, and being able to use it to run. So we've kind of created that balance between our team and IT of we'll develop things that we need at our pace and we will then hand those developments to you to centralize, standardize, and then we can redeploy our dashboards on those data sets. So it's a process of iterating and then standardizing. Cool. Very cool. All right. So, um, you know, I think we'll, we'll move towards wrapping it up rep, uh, here for today, David, but, you know, I do want to ask one, one last question. So, you know, uh, what would be, what has been your all time personal favorite analytics use case? And this, this could be something, you know, that you've actually worked on in, in the business environment, um, you know, or, you know, maybe just something you've read about or, or, you know, seen someplace else or, you know, something you personally worked on or whatever, right? Um, what uh, kind of open-ended, what's, what's your all-time number one favorite analytics use case? Um, I mean, two come to mind to me. Um, one was, I, I actually, I'll, I'll go with a new one. I'll go with the third. <laughs> um, we got asked by our president to create a dashboard that was for our sales leaders, kind of on the ground in the field, sales leaders, that was consistent and stable across all of them. Mm-hmm. They'd all been asking for it. We didn't really have it. There were bits and pieces of it in places. And uh, I think that my favorite to this was the development of that, which had to be done in like a week. Like mm-hmm. we, we were kind of pressured to do this because they had a summit with all of these leaders. They brought them all out uh, to Silicon Valley area had a meeting with them about 150 in the crowd and they wanted me to deploy this dashboard. And um, I think the reason why this is one of my favorites is, is the fact of the first one of, it was our second use case of Einstein mobile okay. and the ability where you can give them the parity that they're seeing on their desktop on their mobile device. So we went in and again, I, I spoke earlier about executive sponsorship. 
they brought me up on stage in front of 150 people to talk about this new dashboard um, and how how to use it and that, that it was going to be deployed the following week and so forth. And the first thing that happened is the president stopped me before I even started and he talked about the importance of what we were doing and talked about that how everyone needed to do this and use this and so forth. And uh, I went in and I presented the dashboard. People were starting to get excited. And I think the, the favorite part to me was when I said, okay, but I understand you guys aren't on your laptops all the time. You're not gonna be sitting in an office doing this. You know, probably the best use case for you is that you're getting into an Uber or going from one meeting to another with the customer to you know something else and you need to check up on the data. So I literally pulled up my phone and I put the, I had the dashboard up on a big screen on the desktop view. I pulled up my phone, showed them the exact same thing on mobile. Yeah. And said, and by the way, you get this on your mobile device too. I think everyone in the crowd was up, like jumped out of their seats, like applauding, super excited. <laughs> um, and somebody told me after they're like, you just had a Steve Jobs moment. I'm like, that's a compliment. I'll take it. <laughs> but it was, for me, it's the idea that, that parity between desktop, being able to give people what they need when they're at their desk or at their laptop, but also giving that same parity and that drillability and, and functionality on their mobile device so they can access it anytime they need. That's been probably one of my favorites. And it's happened in two or three situations now um, where it's all done on mobile. It's all available on mobile and people love it. And so to, to me, that's it's, Good, coming, stepping back from the tool aspect to the, the deployment right. aspect, it's all about, hey, you know, we have the ability to give you what you need in a form that many of us grew up in not even thinking was possible. Was possible, so right? That's, and, that's and, the that, exciting part. And, and it touches on something that you, you've highlighted a few times through the conversation as well as like making sure that what you're building from an analytics perspective is meeting your users' needs. And some, and, and, you know, a lot of times we think of that as like, what are the KPIs or what does this need to look like? But here, how it's delivered through what device became, you know, became paramount. So that, mm -hmm. that's awesome. Cool story, David. Well, thank you for joining us. Mm -hmm. uh, really appreciate you taking the time out of your, your busy schedule, especially here for your <laughs> kind of new fiscal year mm -hmm. timing and such and lots going on to, uh, to speak with us. But uh, really appreciate it and, and all the best. Yeah, thank you. And th again, thanks for having me on. Happy to talk with you. And uh, again, happy to follow up with you and any of your, your users and customers to discuss more. All right, cool. All right. Thanks, David. Bye. Mm -hmm. Thanks.